0: Hello, friends. We're back again. It's Fightful Overbooked, and it's time for that show that Jeremy and I sit here and talk about the news. And uh... listen, I'm just looking at the clock now. Do we have many more episodes of this left, or what are we doing? Is this an perpetuity deal, or what are we? What's 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 the deal? What's this reference, Joel? I only got so much time left on my contract here, at Fightful. Oh, I could I could easily. I've been trying to fire you for for literal years. Yeah, but then I have no leverage.
1: No, I'm trying to. I'm trying to get you fired. No, you can leave. Bye. All right, this is newsworthy with Jeremy Lambert here on Fightful Overbooked. We're going to talk about the top five. We'll be like a moment, day after dynamite. We're going to talk about the top five news stories of the you, week you, that you I really, have picked.
0: You are not good at hosting the show.
1: That's why you're this here, is, Joel. This is why yeah, they keep hiring it. me back. You're yeah. right.
0: it's newsworthy as y'all know every week jeremy and i we run down the top five news stories in wrestling that either hit your newsfeed or maybe flew right past them uh jeremy and i spend a lot of time curating and putting these together we don't by any means just kind of pick from a random jar of almonds and say one two three four five no we pick the best potential stories for you jeremy are you ready to talk about this week in wrestling
1: it's been a busy week in wrestling
0: it's going into be a, a busy, busy weekend. weekend. Oh, That's
1: right. Man. It's going to be the last episode because it's going to be the death of me this weekend.
0: We say this every time we get to one of four AEW pay per views or WrestleMania. This, this one's is especially different. busy. You're right. Yeah, this is this especially is busy. We got Clash of the Castle happening uh, as of tonight if you're listening on Saturday. We've got uh, the NXT World's Collide show on Sunday. We got All Out Sunday night. And then, of course, TK is going to do a press conference that ends around 3 in the morning local time. So uh, that's, what, 4 a- four a.m. where we are. It'll be a good time, but uh, we'll all be tuckered out by the end of it. Jeremy, we got five new stories to talk about. How about we get into it? Here's number five. Because, of course, we have to get it in before he goes to sleep. We're going to talk about Bobby Fish again. <laughs> Bobby Fish says he would answer someone calling him out and he recalls getting into it with Dax Harwood. Now, first of all, uh, I didn't realize that Bobby Fish does podcasts, that he's about to have his own podcast. And then we found out this past week on the AEW post show on Fightful that uh, there's probably a good reason for that. But let's talk <laughs> about this particular comment about calling someone out and answering that call out and then getting into it with Dax? What did you think?
1: Okay. So before I, I get into all of that, let's talk about Bobby fish podcasting. First off, he announced this or mentioned this to, like, on a virtual signing, like a couple weeks ago. He's like, Oh yeah. I'm going to do the undisputed podcast. I feel like that Fox sports or whatever network skip and Shannon are on, are going to have an issue with that at some point. If Bobby fish is on their radar, probably not. Uh, but he mentioned, like, yeah, I'm going to do this podcast, and he made it seem like it wasn't going to be, like, wrestling at all. It was going to be, like, not wrestling stuff. He also kind of made it seem like it might be with Cole and O'Reilly, but that's obviously not the case. Um, so, like, it dropped very under the radar. This podcast was actually two weeks ago. It was, like, ten days ago when this article came out. So it was already, yeah, a week and a half old when I, when I did this article, but I saw it was out and I was like, Oh, okay, well I'll do it. This. He was supposed to drop a new episode on Thursday, which was the day after kind of everything broke. And there's been no, as of this recording, which is of course Saturday or when you're listening to it, there's been no new episode yet. So I don't know what's happened to this podcast. If it's going to be a thing, if it's not going to be a thing, this is my favorite podcast of all time though, because Bobby Fish does not give a fuck. He basically just said, they, they touched on the CM Punk, uh, Hangman Page situation. He's like, yeah, I wasn't there, but you know, if I was. Somebody would have had to hold me back to get me to not go to that ring. So I would have gone out there, might've done a double leg takedown. It would have been a, would have been a fight. He's like, I would have tried to clear it with the powers of be or whoever, but otherwise I was going out there. I was going to go out there and kick their ass. And he mentioned that he got into it with Dax Harwood at some point about something. He made fun of how CM Punk sits. Bobby Fish is my new favorite, like interview and everything. This man does not care.
0: So the 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 punk quote that you're talking about, he says, quote, crisscross applesauce, that's an imposing stance to take. Crisscross applesauce, nothing screams, I'm a badass, like crisscross applesauce. <laughs> that's a shirt right there. That's that's a shirt and that's yeah. a chant. The man is highly marketable. By the way, I'm ninety-nine percent sure that Bobby Fish is very well uh adept to podcasting, considering he was there when Marconi discovered the radio broadcast. <laughs> And on top of that, uh, I'm pretty sure that at one time a young uh, George Hackenschmidt did call out Bobby Fish when he was a grizzled veteran on the independent circuit. And uh, Fish did not take kindly to uh, Mr. Hackenschmidt's uh, calling out.
1: You guys got to stop with these Bobby Fish's old jokes. Bobby Fish is in his prime. He's going to kick the shit out of all of you guys. He's going to kick all of you.
0: That's fine. I'm fine with the age jokes as long as they're funny. As long as they make sense, and as long as it's people just like, he's so old, he's 137. It's like that, that, that's not the joke that you're just adding on to the fact that he's old. Make it make it make sense, people. It's not hard. I know for some wrestling fans, it's hard to make a good joke, but you got to put a little sauce on it.
1: Bobby Fish is net. We're not making fun of Bobby Fish. Stop it. Stop it, everybody. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell Bobby Fish to kick everybody. He doesn't Do slap his that- leg either. Joel, no leg slaps Uh, when Bobby Fish kicks you.
0: I was going to make a... You just did it for me. I was going to do a callback, but you did it for me, so I don't have to worry about it. I can move on. Let's go to number four. Roman Reigns on his Acknowledge Me boxers. (laughs) You can drop them, and no words are needed. I saw this clip. I saw that this exists, and... Good God. Roman was speaking to Jimmy Trena on the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. And and even Roman was like taking a backbite as if he didn't <laughs> know that this existed. And I, I love he what he had to say about it. So get, talk about it. Tell me about it. And uh, I'm sure we're going to clown on it some more.
1: I, I don't think he did know they exist. I mean, he said, like, yeah, I didn't know really? those were a thing. So he just had to come up, come up with it right then. It's like, you know, you, you got them, you wear them, you drop them. You don't need words. for the, It's for the shy guys, he said.
0: You know what they say about shy guys, right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) They didn't really say anything after that. Um, Oh, man. So I think it's sort of known... By now that I have heavy influence On all merchandising in, in Both companies so <laughs> The fact that I wrote about this I assume there's going to be more boxers That'll be coming out uh, featuring The faces of WWE uh, Superstars or wrestlers or whatever You want to call them so Roman said A lot in this interview with Jimmy Trena. Um I don't remember we covered It last week I don't think we actually did but he said a lot a lot of, A lot of good stuff in that Roman interview Roman's a great Interview and this is just a Case of me pulling a stupid quote and wanting to, to pop people with it. And so that's what I did. And that, that was my thought process behind this whole thing. And I did it because I think it was our, our pal share. Uh, they, they put out the, the WWE title boxers. And she had the, the tweet of like, if I see you wearing these, like you ain't getting no action. Like the, the, the title boxers became a thing. And I'm like, you guys know, like the acknowledge me boxers exists. This is way, way better than the title boxers. And I was like, oh, wait, that Roman has the quote. So I just put it all together, threw out a stupid article on Roman Reigns talking about acknowledging Me Boxers, and it pops the people, Joel. That's what I'm here for.
0: I commented on the WWE Championship boxers, and I said, someone jokingly at .com or merch figured out the, the she wants a shot at the title Thing that bros say and they just ran with it and that, that that's how we got this the Acknowledge Me ones honest to god just one time if this were Vince McMahon's WWE they would absolutely do a spot where Roman is like in those boxers or like gets pantsed at a show and he's wearing the Acknowledge Me boxers they would do that 100% but no, what I'm excited they
1: protect for, Roman more than that come on Roman ain't doing that shit
0: Roman's not, but once he loses those titles, maybe they gotta put the <laughs> acknowledgement boxers on. Right? Uh the the last thing, who who would you put boxers like that for next in WWE?
1: Uh, who has like a good I mean you gotta go with like the Miz, right? Like Hello my, my balls, balls are, are massive. massive. Yeah, yeah like that's do. just right on your crotch. Like come that's on. just
0: screaming it to the world.
1: Yeah, like that's that's just easy money, right there. I mean, you're probably making nothing off of those things, but that's easy marketing, I guess. So I'd be like, if they they should do that. I, I'm a little surprised that they they haven't done it
0: at this point. T-shirt and boxer combo. Oh man, I got you, WWE. The only other one it. I want is a Braun Strowman choo-choo train.
1: <laughs> he's not. He's not the- signed, Joel. No, but
0: uh, you know, I, I, I clearly I'm just uh, I'm just spitballing.
1: Yeah. Fair. Yeah, I, I think that's the best option is the Miz. My balls are massive.
0: I'm down with that. We'll do it for... If it's twenty four ninety nine to do the Roman Reigns Acknowledge Me ones, tack on a t-shirt, $30, bucks. we will do <laughs> the Miz. My balls are massive. <laughs> Let's move on. Number three, Sammy Guevara addresses reports that he is difficult to work with. So this came from Sammy's vlog. And this is one of those times where... um I think having a vlog is super beneficial because you're you're getting yourself out there. You're telling your story, and obviously you're the hero of your own story. Regardless of what people think about you, you believe that you are a good person. And Sammy does make reference to this uh, in, in his, uh, his little soliloquy that he gives on the vlog. So uh, talk me through it. Why did we pick this one? I know that Sammy and Eddie Kingston uh, had a, a dust-up a few weeks ago that led to both men having their matches uh, taken off the card. Of course, subsequently... Yeah, you know, Eddie has a match uh, at zero hour, but Sammy versus Eddie is not happening. So tell me uh, what's your thought process of doing this article and what brought you to putting it on the show today? Well, Sammy's
1: vlog is back. That's the thought process of of doing this article. Um, you know it, everybody should rejoice that Sammy Sammy Guevara's vlog is back. Really, it, it was sort of what you touched on is like the people who have their own vlogs, they can use them how they want, right? And it seems like everybody has a vlog nowadays. And, and whether you're doing like silly bits, like the elite, they'll touch on some stuff and do like bits from it. Like, you know, they, they address the Hangman page not answering CM Punk thing by like, oh, Hangman was backstage doing Dark Order. The referee came in and was like, CM Punk's out there and Hangman's like, I'm busy, get out of here. And that was it. Like, that's how they decided to address it on being the elite. Like, you can do it you can do things like that, uh, addressing storylines uh, by doing bits on the show. You can just It can just be a travel vlog. It could be an interview vlog. Thunder Rosa eats tacos with somebody and interviews them uh, while she does that. So, like, however you want to use your vlog is how you can use it. And Sammy is usually more of just like, hey, this is what's happening in my life for the week type of thing. He does do some bits. But for this one, at the end of it, yeah, he just decided I'm going to address this report out there and give my side of everything. Here's how I feel. And yeah, really the reason I picked it is how people use their vlogs. And I've done different stories about, you know, we do stories on like the elite vlog all the time. And a lot of, some of it's kayfabe, some of it's not, but it's just how you're going to use your vlog. And I like that Sammy decided like, you know what, let me, let me talk about this stuff because we don't know if he's going to do interviews. Like he, it does it doesn't seem like it. he doesn't have a match as of this recording for all out. so I he wouldn't really have a reason to go out there and do interviews. He just decided, all right, I'm gonna get my side of the story out there. I'm not gonna tweet it. It seems like it's too long of a thing for a tweet. I'm gonna address it by using a pretty popular vlog. I mean, really his vlog it was it's one of the more popular ones out there. so it's not like let me record this YouTube video and upload it where to this nondescript channel that I've never used before. Like it's a popular vlog. This is how we use this time.
0: So two things coming out of this, I have to say, watching Sammy comment on everything and just and emote naturally and speak to the camera is to me a lot better than the statement that he had sent out to Fightful Select, which you can find. It was uh to me, it wasn't as it was well written. As the comments that he made to the vlog, So that's one. Number two, you're talking about how popular this is. I mean, the thumbnail for this particular vlog is (laughs) is Sammy, Ty and Cody Rhodes on the front. And it's uh, at Sammy and Ty's wedding. So that's definitely going to get some people uh, clicking and watching. But this is one of those times where they're celebrating the wedding. That's one thing. His buddy Cody is there. And then he's going to give his comments on on some stuff that's going on at work, and and I think it that that that's better than the baity stuff that some people will put on uh, on their YouTube vlogs just to get people in and through the doors.
1: I think I mean the statement that he gave was addressing, like addressing the actual incident and everything with yes. Eddie. This was, of course, addressing reports. He didn't really mention anything about the incident with Eddie. So yeah, a little bit a little bit different, but. It, it is probably, I, I don't know if it's better or worse, honestly. I, uh, if like, hey, let me give this statement on things or let me just kind of speak freely on things. It seems like it's probably be better if you just give a statement because you can like proofread it, edit it before you like send it out and everything where, I mean, Chet, you, you guys hear me on all of these shows and I'm very free flowing and free thinking and I fuck up a lot. Uh, so it, it could be difficult to, to get your words in line of what you actually want to say on that, but I guess you could still edit it. Cause it's not like it's a live vlog or anything, but yeah, the statement, it, it, it addressed the different matters. I do wonder how, if he addressed that matter on his vlog, how that would have come off. If he would have been more mindful about things, we don't know the state of mind he was in when he decided to write everything. When he decided to record this, uh, I think there may have been some extra clarity on his part after the statement, after seeing what Eddie said to where he can address these reports without getting like, superheated about everything
0: we kind of touched on this offline you and i and we've talked about this before do you find it sometimes difficult knowing that you're you're reading all these interviews you're you're transcribing a lot and you're um getting to know these these people these wrestlers as humans do you sometimes find it a little more difficult to separate a character from the human as a result or does it enhance your understanding of the of the separation of both. How are you feeling about that? Cause I know Sammy is a, is a very polarizing figure to a lot of people out there.
1: Um, I've only met Sammy one, one time I've done one interview with him. He's very kind, very, very, uh, very kind and very, it seemed very fun. And this was 2019, you know, people change. Um, and, and it was when AEW first started, he wasn't like, he was part of the inner circle. It was just after TV, but he wasn't to the level that he's kind of at now, with with everything but I it was one interaction I had a good interaction with him I watch his vlog every now and again yes I've listened to a bunch of interviews he seems like a good person I, I know he said some stuff in the past uh but I'm, I'm focusing on Sammy here solely and then I'll kind of go like bigger picture with everything seems like a good person I don't know what goes on backstage I have no idea uh but when it comes to listening to these people and then like separating character from person. I always think that a lot of times there is truth in a lot of these characters, especially nowadays, like maybe back in the day, not so much, but nowadays there's a little bit more truth. And I, I think I'm a decent judge at recognizing like when they're kind of kayfabing stuff and when they're actually being their true selves. Um, and I I think that's a lot easier to do when it's like an interview and you're being asked questions and everything compared to, uh, your vlog when you're, you're just like sitting there and you can just kind of do what you want with it. I'd like to say Sammy was being genuine and everything in this particular moment of the vlog, but then you hear these stories and I see his television character does come off like kind of a jerk, uh, so it, it can be difficult. Like it it honestly can. I'd like to think that Sammy Guevara, the act the actual person, isn't so bad. His character, he's an absolute asshole.
0: Fair. I think it's a good good way to put it. Uh let's move on. I, I was I was actually I was just really interested because uh, again, a lot of people have a lot of different views uh of wrestlers and just how to how to navigate those waters, especially if you're an aspiring writer, or transcriber, whatever it is, uh, I think there's a good um, amount of influence that comes with understanding the character versus the human. And,
1: like, and this is why, like, in and this is what can be difficult about like writing and transcribing is like, you kind of got to be able to tell and relate to the audience of like, this was in character. They were joking about this and sometimes it can be difficult, honestly, like like sometimes. So Wardlow is an example and, and we didn't use this one for newsworthy this week, but he talked to Stephanie chase about like the MJF stuff. And it seemed pretty clear that he wasn't like working with this, that like he was actually upset with, with what happened and how it all happened and everything. But you could make a case that, like, yeah, he was upset from, like, a character perspective that MJF just, like, no sold this, uh, stretcher job and came out here and everything. But the MJF, it's, it's very much like work shoot type of thing that even plays out on television. So it can be tough to separate. A, hey, are they talking in character? Are they actually being, like, themselves on here? I, I think a lot of people, a lot of people do that. And, yeah, it can be tough, and but your job as a writer is to like try to parse it the best you can, and for the most part, wrestlers do a halfway decent job of. So here, here's actually now that I'm, I'm thinking about things, and we're actually, we're gonna talk about this person a little bit later. Uh, Thunder Rosa did an interview with some type of uh, she was at some type of convention, and the person asked her like, "Oh, let's talk about Britt Baker," and she's like, "I don't want to talk about Britt Baker." And the person's like, "Oh, what, really?" And he's like, "We moved on from Britt Baker. Like, we're done with Britt Baker." And it's like, her character on screen would say this as well. So maybe you think it's the character, but then you listen to the tone, and you can tell no, this is Thunder Rosa, the person, not her character being like, "Oh yeah, I don't want to talk about Britt Baker. I'm done with her." So you got you just gotta listen for for little things like that to try to to try to separate. And it can be it can be difficult. As far as like me personally separating, okay, do I think this person is an asshole because they play one on TV or how are they in real life? Again, I think I do a decent job of like separating. This is their character that they're doing. This is who they actually are. This is how they actually feel. Uh, again, but you got to, as a writer, relaying that to the audience can be difficult because I see a lot of times of like, oh, this is clearly in character. And I'm like, eh, yeah, I listen to it. It didn't seem very in character. It seemed like that's how it felt. Or like, oh, well, they're, you know, oh, this is how they truly feel. And it's like, no, like, read the article. Like, it's clearly a work and everything. So you got to try to relay that to the audience. Sorry, that was a very long answer.
0: I think it's good. This is part of what we try to accomplish in Newsworthy. It's a bit of media literacy and a little bit of your thought process. And that's, that's what we do here. I like that we're giving a, a bit more of a, a granular approach to what we do. So uh, let's move on. Ready for number two? Let's go. Here we go. FTR says that they expected to face the young bucks at AEW all out. Thought it was the direction to go. Uh, FTR spoke to our good Personal close friend Louis Dangour of Give Me Sports. Uh, I, Louis is a great interviewer, a great writer, an abhorrent Louis tweeter. <laughs> let's let's talk Lord. about the article with FTR, which by the way, I thought was very interesting because he did this for those who know Louis on Twitter. Uh, Louis had this interview with FTR the day after he went on a whole slew of like, Samoa Joe should be back in WWE. Or not should. He, he thought that Samoa Joe would be doing more in WWE right now. So that was a whole can of worms. And then he interviewed FTR shortly after the info dropped about uh, FTR spot or non-spot in the AEW Fight Forever video game. So talk to me about this interview, and uh, we'll, we'll dig into FTR and a lot less about Louis D'Angor. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, Louis D'Angor sucks. It was a good interview. FTR is another one of those who sometimes you don't know if they're working or shooting brother uh, and you've got to just try to, try to parse through it. And so the young, this young bucks thing is sort of similar because they talk about wanting to work with them, but then, okay, plans change. Let's manifest it and everything. Like you don't know if like their characters want to work with them or if they're they're real, they thought this is it and they should have pushed for it and everything. It was a good interview. Uh, FT again, they're, they're very honest when it, when it comes to this stuff and, Sometimes their honesty could be, Hey, are we working? Are we shooting? Uh, I think they were right. I, it did seem like they were setting up towards young bucks and them at all out. And then that's not the direction they went. This is the direction they went. I thought it was just an interesting comment because a lot of people thought that this was the direction they were going to go. We heard the FTR chance. Um, during the Young Bucks promo, so so here's here's the work work shoot thing is like Dax is like everyone heard the FTR chance like we may have gotten in trouble about that one and it's like hey, did they actually get in trouble or is he just like trying to needle stuff a little bit there um but yeah I I thought it was a good comment from them and I actually did want to put Louie over because he is he is a good interview and he he clearly has a rapport with FTR. Uh, so that helps when you've interviewed somebody like multiple times and you can really establish that with somebody, then it it helps the overall interview. So I thought it was a good interview. Yeah, they, it was, I'm pretty sure their first interview after the video game stuff. So Louie got that as well. Um, but I thought this, I actually thought I understand why the video game stuff was like more newsworthy. Uh, I thought them saying, you know, I thought, thought the plan was going to be the young bucks at all out I thought that was kind of the bigger comment than like, yeah, we were in the video game. They took it off. They explained it to us. That's that, you know, young bucks and FTR is a big deal. All the titles all out. That would have been a big deal. So, and it didn't happen. So I thought it was a, thought these were big comments by FTR. And I think it kind of got buried in all of the video game stuff. Honestly.
0: Yeah, it's true. Especially because, you know, in AW world, Things tend to go a mile a minute. And like we were just talking about, FTR and the Young Bucks at All Out seem to have been the play. And certainly FTR made reference to that in the interview. Uh, and then things suddenly blew up and changed. It was turned into a six-man tag and they brought in Motor City Machine Guns and it's going to be FTR and Wardlow versus Jay Lethal and Motor City Machine Guns. Regardless of how we feel about that, um, I think there's still time to do the Bucks and FTR. But maybe, I don't know, where, where would you do it at this point? It would have to be outside of AEW, I would assume.
1: No, it's going to be an AEW match. Like, they, Tony's not going to let that be non AEW. I just think it's going to be a while. Honestly, like, I just think it's going to be a while.
0: Hear me out. Wrestle Kingdom night three.
1: <laughs> they, ain't, they ain't doing that match elsewhere. Like, they're just. They ain't even not. doing
0: two nights of Wrestle Kingdom this year. Yeah. <laughs> Next yeah, year, I guess. Decided.
1: Yeah, they decided. I don't know about that, brother. Uh, yeah, it it that that ain't happening. Um, anywhere else but AEW. It, I just I just don't see it.
0: Well, you can get more of Jeremy's uh, storyline influence conversation over on Spotlight every Thursday on the main channel at uh, well, it's always in the morning. It's usually nine thirty in the morning <laughs> Eastern, but this past week you guys at eight thirty. Yes, it is so. in the morning. Yeah, usually nine thirty though. Go find it on, on youtube.com slash And by the way, subscribe to this channel here at Overbooked because guess what? We're going to overtake the main channel one day, I promise. Let's move <laughs> on. Are you ready for number one? Are we going to get there? Yes. Let's here go. we go. <sighs> Tony Khan explains why he handled CM Punk and Thunder Rosa's title <laughs> situations differently. This got a lot of buzz and a whole lot of chatter. And this came from Tony Khan's all out media call that happened on Thursday afternoon. I mean, we, we don't have to get into the, to the, to the women's booking versus how no, everyone no, else, I don't get into we're not going to do that. We're not doing that here. There are other shows for that. Uh, instead, let's talk about the comments themselves from Tony Khan. Why we're talking about this as our number one for the week, other than the engagement, what really stood out to you from, uh, from this quote and this piece in particular. So
1: this is, I'll I'll get into how my brain works on on this stuff. This is an example of choosing your headline. Because an easy headline would have been, like, Tony Khan says a Thunder Rosa 8-minute promo would have died a ratings death. And that's why it didn't happen. That's very, that's long. We only got 100 characters. But that's essentially what he was kind of saying here, that, yeah, a thunder minute, a thunder minute, thunder Rosa eight minute promo just ain't gonna hit as well as a CM Punk eight minute promo. A ratings wise, like content wise, like it's it's just not gonna hit the same. That's why it wasn't the same. So even though I could have like chosen a quote from the from the uh, from the interview from the from the quote, even though I could have chosen a line, I should say from the quote to make the headline to like stand out and pop. A little bit more because I didn't think I could do that fairly to Tony Khan. I decided to just make it more vague. Of Tony Khan explains why this didn't happen compared to this, or Tony Khan explains why these two things were differently. And and so I want to be, I want to be honest with people about like there's people all the time like oh clickbait headline, clickbait headline, blah 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 blah, and it's like I. I only pull quotes and use like a quote as of the line of an article. If I think it's still like fair to the article, if I still think it's fair to the overall kind of quotes and you know, if you want more context, then click the article, get more context. If I don't think I can fairly do that, then I won't do that. I'll, I'll, I'll make it more vague with everything. So you actually do have to click the article to get, what they were talking about. Um, do I always do a great job at that? No. Uh, sometimes I don't. Sometimes I do think that. Oh, I do a headline and the quote I pulled maybe isn't fair to like the overall article. A, I don't ever think it's misleading or it's clickbait, but maybe it's not as fair as it could be if I had gone more vague. So that is just my explanation of you know picking and choosing when you want a quote that's go when you want a headline that's going to like pop. And like get a bunch of engagement of like retweets and comments of like, oh, fuck Tony Khan. Like he said this, like should have been doing this. And when you want to be fair and just get clicks, but it may, be not get, it may not get like as much overall like social media engagement because no one's going to just retweet one line that just says, here's Tony Khan's explanation. Like you need to, you can't respond to that. You can respond to the article in that case, but a lot of people, as we know, just want to respond to the headline. And that that's what happens when it comes to engagement. So yeah, lesson for all you writers out there, if you want to get into this, it is a balance. It can be a tough balance. Sometimes you got to figure it out. And that is how I, I did that. Um, Joel, I'm going to let you speak on something so I can take a sip of water.
0: <laughs> God, by all means. I found it very interesting that with this particular um... This article and with the discourse that it created, uh, the, the the real conversation here was that Tony said, "You know, you want my honest opinion, you're going to get my honest answer." And while I know people are are very much debating the booking of the women's division, again, we're not doing that. Um, Tony is someone who always backs his commentary up with the analytics he has. That's his business. That's the minute to minute ratings. He lives by that. I found it interesting that he would put that out there. The thing is, he's not wrong in the words that he spoke, but maybe the way that maybe the route that he decided to take wasn't the most popular one, but he certainly wasn't lying and he certainly wasn't saying anything that was, you know, going to completely blow up the wrestling world. Uh, So I just, I found it, I found it interesting that people had a lot to think about and a lot to talk about. Um, And really no, no side here is, is wrong from what I've seen so far. A lot of people have their takes and none of them are like completely out there. They shouldn't be this way. And there are a lot of takes out there. As far as like Tony's kind of comments
1: go, um, you gave an honest answer. That's what people want out of Tony Khan, right? Um, was it too honest? Maybe. Uh, I think there's some reading between the lines people may need to do instead of jumping into overall assumptions about everything. I do think listening to it kind of makes it sound worse than the actual quote. If you read it, because he is very clearly like frustrated and annoyed. I shouldn't say clearly. He is seemingly frustrated and annoyed at like, when like giving this answer and just like, why would you question the booking God uh, as to why he did an eight minute or why he didn't do an eight minute promo for, for Thunder Rosa? Um, yeah. I, yeah, I think if you listen to it, it actually kind of does Tony a little bit worse than, than, than just reading it and people read it and didn't think he came off. Well, I get his point. And like you said, he has numbers to back this up, like that's that's completely fair. If I'm being honest, I wouldn't send Thunder Rosa out there for an eight-minute promo to relinquish the title and everything. Uh, if I'm also being honest, there's a middle ground between thirty-second promo backstage and eight-minute promo in the ring, yeah. and I think yes. that's what maybe he got a little held up on. Is like it was an apples-to-apples apples situation, it's like no, like you could something could have changed here with everything. Um, But, but yeah,
0: (laughs) I found it. I found it interesting that Tony also continued about other examples of when the fans maybe didn't get their way. And he says, you can't please everybody all the time. And he talks about like how Moxley got to the match with Tanahashi because of punk being injured and how they got the casino battle Royal that Kyle O'Reilly won. And he faced John Moxley and people didn't like that. But then Tony's like, but this was one of my personal favorite TV matches. People are criticizing it. Um, I, I I just find it, I find it so fascinating with Tony that he loves the fan service, but maybe sometimes when the fan service doesn't work for him and he's criticized for it, he'll then be like, well, you can't always get what you want. And that's how he we went about this whole explanation. He gives a very honest answer and then he extrapolates and Tony loves to talk. So he ends up kind of maybe over-talking and leading us down this path of like, "Ah, maybe the fans aren't always right." It's like, "What you what did you say?"
1: <laughs> hey, Tony I listen to a lot of Tony Khan uh interviews, media calls, whatever whatever it might be. Tony's very fascinating. When he speaks, and to your point, and like sticking with this, I actually lopped off piece of this quote because in the middle of why he's explaining why John Moxley and Kyle O'Reilly is in a ten star classic, he's like when O'Reilly tries to lock his hands for the gosh, or Moxley, whoever it was trying to lock their hands for the gotch pile driver, but they did this, this, and this in the match and this, this, and this, like he is like breaking it down from a technical perspective. In giving the his middle, wrestling
0: observer. Yes. <laughs> right
1: up. in the middle of explaining why Thunder Rosa and CM Punk situations were differently, and explaining all of this stuff. Like Tony's very fascinating when, when he speaks, that is a man who can give you a, a 10 minute answer on a question of like, what did you have? For breakfast and the answer just needs to be waffles and he will give you a 10 minute answer on why it was waffles and fascinating man that, that tony god i don't i i enjoy him i i do uh he's a he's a he's a handful to transcribe sometimes i will say that he's a handful
0: to transcribe he's never watching this right i what did you have for breakfast this morning <laughs>
1: <laughs> i had donuts actually dunkin donuts
0: so I here's what happened.
1: happened. I had I had a
0: Mc, exactly. I had a McDouble at three o'clock in the afternoon because I did it. Yeah, exactly. Let's get out of here. This was a good episode. Uh, you want to talk about giving 10 minute answers to a five second question. That's exactly.
1: I'm in no position to talk because that's exactly <laughs> what I do all the time. So that's why I find Tony fascinating. She does the same thing or like me and We're- Tony Codd.
0: There you go, besties Jeremy Lambert and Tony Khan I'm sure that Tony will uh, will Give you a, a nice uh, check for your wedding Given can the residuals get, that you're owed
1: can, yeah, can I get an autographed Brian Danielson FaceTime t-shirt That's my shirt
0: By all accounts It's your shirt
1: That shirt doesn't exist without me I, I will say it I will not so humbly say it Shirt does not exist Without me
0: a lot of things don't exist without Jeremy Lambert. And myself, because uh, guess what? we do. You don't
1: exist stuff. without me, O'Farl.
0: I don't. That's true. And I'm going to tell that story when we get 9,000 subscribers at Fightful Select. I've already committed to that. I'll tell the story of how I uh, weaseled my way into this job and to my friendships with uh, Sean Ross and, and Jeremy Lambert. <laughs> Let's get out of here. Jeremy, where can the people find you? Plug what you got to plug. I don't know.
1: Uh, you can follow me on Twitter if you'd like. Jeremy Lambert, 88 that's my twitter uh my birthday's in two weeks everybody send me a bunch of birthday gifts please My weddings in a month everybody send me a bunch of wedding gifts please uh that's it it's, it's keep it locked here on fightfuloverbook.com we got a lot of that a lot of stuff going on and we're, we're doing things go to fightful.com a lot of things being done over there too
0: you gonna tell the people where you're registered?
1: No, because we haven't done that. Everybody keeps asking me this. <laughs> I and, know, like, we don't. We don't have anywhere registered. Just send money, PayPal me. You there you go,
0: PayPal Jeremy Lambert eighty eight. Perfect. Yeah. Or cash app them. There you go. You I got cash app. Oh, okay. They're just PayPal. You can PayPal me too. Uh, it's, it's, it's the same as the Twitter handle here. There you go. Uh, I am at Joel for all J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L. Subscribe to us here if I pull over book. Leave a thumbs up. We're dropping content every single day and there's always new stuff dropping. So go ahead. We'll see you there and we'll see you next time. Cheers.